Today we have a unique podcast episode. Recently, I spoke at Vision Church at CI on April 1st on a Friday night service. The message the Lord had for me to give was recognize your season of reformation and transformation. Reformation is doing and transformation is being. Reformation is what I do and transformation is who I am. So I believe in God's going to bless you through this message and speak to you in your season of reformation and transformation. So here you go. Welcome to the Prophetic Worship Leader Podcast, where we take the uncertainty out of leading prophetic worship so you can flow with confidence. I'm your host, Dean Mitchum, and I'm so grateful that you're joining me today. Please subscribe to our podcast at Apple Podcasts or the Charisma Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. And like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also support us on Patreon. Um, I want you to... Tonight, is, the worship was wonderful. Pastor Greg's ministry was touching on some things. And tonight, I want you to relax. We've been living in a tense world, haven't we? We've been living in a world of conflict. And we've been living in a time where we're rising up. But do you know how to war at peace? You have to war at peace, or else <laughs> you'll sacrifice peace and lose the war. <laughs> but tonight, I want you to be at rest. I want you to be at peace because God is going to do some things without your toil. And God is going to do some things on our behalf now, during worship, we reached for the Lord. Ava's had a great prophetic word of exhortation for us to reach for it. Amen? And tonight, God is reaching for us. He's reaching back. He's reaching for us. What, what, what is your name again? Marissa? Marissa? Is this your husband? Your brother. Okay. Hey, dude. How you doing? What's your name? Michael. It's anointing her brothers tonight. Amen. Marissa, would you stand up, please? I believe the Lord has a word for you. Y'all stretch your hands toward Marissa. Marissa, I hear the Lord saying that there has been some heaviness upon your eyes. And there's been some weight upon even your eyelids. And you've tried your best to keep your eyes open. You've tried to hold them open. You've tried to look alive, even when you didn't feel alive. The Lord said, I am healing you this very night. I'm reaching in the depths of your whole, your soul where there's been a hole torn in your side. And God said, I'm healing you now. Very deeply, I'm healing you from the inside out. The Lord says the inner is going to be healed before the outer. And even though there felt like the scar doesn't see it, you don't see the change. God said, I'm changing you from the inside out. The Lord said, I'm bringing you a transformation. Even your mind is going to be thinking a different way. And you're going to begin to release a sound that's not been in heard from you before. And that's a sound of confidence. That's a sound of acceptance. That's a sound of a daughter that finally has found her place at home. And God is saying, I'm bringing you 
to a place where your voice is going to be able to make an influence where it hasn't made an influence before. And the Lord says, no longer will your eyes drag shut. They're going to pop open. They're going to stay open. And you won't pursue the drowsiness any longer. You won't pursue the shutting of the eye. You will rest in peace as you live in favor, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Amen. So if we want to go ahead with that first slide, this is it. That's my whole message. Greg, you can take up the offering now. <laughs> This is it. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Go get some chicken fingers <laughs> before they close. <laughs> what is it? What is it? This is it. God is the message for you tonight is to recognize your season of reformation and transformation. Recognize, that means what? You've been looking for it. That means you've been hoping for it. That means you've been expecting it. Do you know that probably, well, Candace is 20 years younger than I am, and I won't tell you how old I am, because then you'll figure it out. But, <laughs> but when she was about three, we were ministering at a church together with a couple. We were doing youth ministry, and they were in children's ministry. And life goes on, and we left that church, and, and years go by, and I'm here on a Friday night leading worship and I call out a man that was visiting and I prophesied to him. And uh, after church, he came up, introduced himself or reintroduced himself. He was that man from when Candace was three years old. The couple, we hadn't seen him in that long. I didn't even recognize him. You know why I didn't recognize him? I wasn't expecting him. Thank God he remembered. He recognized me. <laughs> what I'm telling you tonight is sometimes we miss things because we're not looking for them. But we open our eyes with expectation. We open our hearts with, with hope. And tonight, I want you to realize this is a time. This is your season. This is it. This is it. Your season of reformation and transformation. Now, let's get a little bit of understanding. Reformation is doing. Transformation is being. God wants to reform what you do because he's changing who you are. Can you receive that tonight? Reformation is what I do, but transformation is who I am. Receive that tonight. There's power in the word there's passion in the yelling. <laughs> I may not get to the yelling, but you're going to get the word. <laughs> the word will set you free. Amen. Receive that tonight. Why? Because it's your season of transformation and reformation. Reformation changes times, seasons, and purpose. Transformation changes people, cities, and nations. Do you know any nations that need transformation? Do you know any cities that need transformation? Do you know any people 
that need transformation? Do you know any purposes that need reformation? You know, any seasons that need reformation? How about times that need reformation? We just went through a time change. That wasn't so reformational, was it? <laughs> it was annoying, but we went through it. It changes the way we did things or changed the way we do things. So I want you to get a hold of this. Doing and being are joined together. Who you are affects what you do. And what you do should be linked to who you are. Hmm. Let's look at 1 John Verse three, chapter three, verse eight. The favorite part of this is, for this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. In one scripture, we have being and doing. Who is this man who was commissioned, manifested to destroy the works of the devil? For this reason, for this purpose, this is it. This is it. For this reason, the Son of God identity was manifest to destroy the works of the devil, the doing. In this scripture, we find the who and the what. This is it. Are you hearing the word tonight? Are you hearing the word tonight? Now let's look at Mark chapter four, verse 26 to 29. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, or day and night, depending on how you sing it. <laughs> Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. Be at peace. Be at rest. War in peace. The peace to go to war. <laughs> All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because why? The harvest has come. The season is here. God is the one who causes the transformation and the reformation. We are the ones who partner with God. He works on our behalf when we don't know how. He changes the seed into a harvest and we don't know how. But what is it we wake up to? 
The stalk, the head, and the full kernel. And its season has come. Harvest time has come. This is it. Your harvest time has come. Your reformation has come. Your transformation has come. Many of you have been trying to do before you are. There's an act of faith that you do things before you get there. But transformation precedes reformation if you want to flow with God. We are born again in order to what? Enter the what? The kingdom of God. So transformation takes place and then we change what we do. God changed the church several times over. Every few thousand years, he would change something. We call it the Great Reformation. One, two, and first, second, third reformation. All the different things that are happening. God does mighty things. And we are the ones that get to participate with him. First of all, we need to partner with God for reformation. For God is doing a new thing. How many of you have heard that? How many did you heard it last year? How many of you heard it last decade? How many of you heard it in the 90s, in the 80s, in the 70s, in the 60s, in the 50s, in the 40s, 30s, God is doing a new thing. (laughs) How does he need to do something new every 10 years? God is not bound by our calendar. We are aligned with his calendar. And when God does something new, it's not based on our timeline. But God is doing something new. And a lot of times we say it's new to us, but it's not new to God. It's in God's plan. Isaiah 43, 19 says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do you know what another word for perceive is? Recognize. Recognize it. Why? Because this is it. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Does that sound like transformation of cities and nations? Does that sound like change? This is it. God is doing a new thing. And one of the first places it happens is in us and then around us. But how many have ever felt like going through hell was transformation? That ain't exactly my definition of transformation. But we are being conformed to the image of Christ who said, take up your cross. (laughs) Follow me. Let me give you hope. Even the hell you're going through is transformation. (laughs) Why? Because you're becoming someone through it. Your being is being, being, being. (laughs) You're re-being. Can we make up a word? 
Colossians 1.26. There is a divine mystery. Remember, God is doing a new thing. A secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for how long? But now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested. Recognized, recognized, recognized. God is doing a new thing and he's revealing it now. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of what? Glory. The mystery of Christ is embedded within us. It becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for God's people. And God wants everyone to know it. He wants you to recognize you've been filled with the glory. He wants you to recognize you're being transformed. He wants you to recognize that he's reforming your doing. I'm not going to do what I used to do in the way I've been doing it. I'm going to do new things. And I might even do the same things in a new way because I'm changed. One of the greatest testimonies to me of transformation, and I learned this from Booker T. Washington's book, Up From Slavery, is he said, the skill and the craft we were forced to do became our tool of income when we were set free. Because we were the one who knew how to build houses. We were the one who knew how to do the crops. We were the one who knew how to make the bricks. What you do matters more when you become who you're supposed to be. When harvest is unlocked in your DNA, your labor will bring you new treasures. Free. It's every person's birthright. Jesus died to set us, what? Free. <laughs> and God has promised every believer reformation and transformation. Jeff, Amy, is that right? Y'all give me a hand. I remembered some names. <laughs> Jeff, what I see is you've been putting a puzzle together. You've been laboring over all the parts, all the pieces. You've been studying the shapes of every piece of puzzle and you got the outer edges together and you formed it up and you've put it together and you keep looking at the box, trying to get the picture. Trying to get the picture. Trying to get the picture. <laughs> and the Lord says, you've been looking at the wrong box. The Lord says, I want you to turn the puzzle over and put it together backwards. And the Lord says, as you turn it over, there's transformation coming to you. Because the picture you had in your mind is not the picture of the puzzle. The Lord is revealing the mystery to you even right now. The Lord is bringing a new life to you. He's bringing a new reformation into you and transformation to you both because there is a joy that is about to unload on both of you that you haven't experienced in a long, long time. 
We just come into agreement with that word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So God is doing a new thing. What is God doing? Reformation-wise. God is doing a new thing across the globe. Amen? We, in a house of prophets and apostles, we hear from them what God is talking about. And God is talking about, through them, a global reformation in the church. Many others as well. All right? Well, what is God doing for us? What is God doing in us? He's calling us to be a part of this global reformation. Okay? He's calling us to partner with him. We want to partner with God for reformation, which means what? If God is doing, through reformation, a new thing, then I want to do a new thing. What's my part? What's my role? Some of, every one of you is going to hear from God in a, in a quickening and an awakening spirit of what your part to do is. But let me give you some roles you could play. All right? The first one is to partner with God for a worship reformation. Partner with him for the way we worship coming to a new level. Coming to a whole new degree. When God told Moses to build it, it was because they changed the way they worshiped. When he told David to build a new tabernacle, it was because they changed the way they worshiped. Now God is releasing his tabernacle from Revelation 21 verse 3 because he's going to change the way we worship. Revelation verse 21 verse 3 says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be their God. God is looking for partners. You see, Moses taught us how to atone through worship. David taught us how to celebrate through worship. But God is teaching us how to get ready to enthrone him through the new worship. He's coming back. But he's coming back to those who will recognize him. Come back to those who expect his great return. And we're not talking about rapture fever. We're talking about the kingdom of God coming to earth just like it is in heaven. God is coming back. Jesus shall return in the same way that he left. We rejoice with great expectation. Isaiah 40, 26 says, Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by name. Every one of you have a name. Right? Some of you have more than one name. <laughs> Some of you have three names. Some of you have four names. Was it President George Herbert Walker Bush? <laughs> Some of you have names that were not given to you. Some of you have nicknames. Some of you have names you don't deserve. Some of you have been called names. God is bringing you transformation tonight. Bringing you transformation. Hear the word of the Lord. Let the seed grow. Let the stalk form. Let the head form. You don't have to know how it works. You just have to wake up to it. Hear the word I'm preaching. It's not my preaching. It's the faith that we have joined together that's going to do what God has said for us to do. He wants us to partner with him as an army of stars. Why is he waking us? Because stars don't shine. They burn. 
Somebody, wake up. Wake up. Proverbs 25, verse 2 says this. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search out a matter. God wants you to discover new things in him. He wants you to recognize what he is going to release. He wants you to take up your part. How many of you have been feeling like you're living in a cloud? Anybody ever experienced that sometime? You live in a cloud and you're trying to walk, but you can't see where you're going. Maybe it's the glory. <laughs> it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to uncover the matter. Maybe God wants you to discover something. Maybe God wants you to figure something out as you pursue him, as Ava said tonight, as you reach for it, as you grab a hold of it, as you go for it. I discovered something. <laughs> when I was playing piano at a teenage, as a teenager, I don't know how many hours a day I would play. I don't know how. I never counted. I just played every chance I could. I'm glad someone wasn't, wasn't calling me to a schedule. I don't know if I'd have... <laughs> I played out of passion. I played out of wanting to know. But I know this. The reason you practice is not to get better. I like to say it this way. The reason you practice is to discover how good you are. If you dig and you dig and you dig and you dig and you dig, you're going to discover how good you are. But if you don't dig, you will not uncover the treasure. And you know how else I got to play? pretty easily playing behind preachers who preach long <laughs> I played every chord I could know every scale I knew and finally I discovered new ways to play and I probably did, I, I, at one point I'm like I don't know what they preached about but that was pretty good that was I never played that before <laughs> I'm being a little silly I always was I mean but that's how I developed playing too playing behind ministry time you know, changing keys. Anyway, I didn't realize what I could do until I went to discover it. Some of you don't know how much influence you have until you start digging. Some of you don't know how much discovery is awaiting you. God conceals a matter. It's your job, your privilege, your right to uncover the matter. So what's the matter? <laughs> Lord help. So we, God needs partners. He needs us to bring it up. He wants transition. So here, how do we partner? There's two things that God wants us to elevate. God wants us to elevate our praise and worship. Do you know that your worship changes the atmosphere? When you worship God, it changes the atmosphere. Do you know you're partnering with God when what he wants to do in the world? Bishop asked me one time, Dean, I want you to look up the difference to find out what's the difference between praise that angels give God and praise that men give God. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I want you to find out. It's like, oh, Lord. Only he would come up with a question like that. You know? So I did some study. And the first thing I realized 
was. Angels cannot sing the song of the redeemed. <laughs> Angels give God worthy praise, right? We give God a song of the redeemed. We've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. Angels cannot give him that. Psalm 40 verse 2 says, he lifted me out of the slimy pit. Anybody ever driven through a swamp? Or you're on 95 and the lowlands and the trees and you look at that water and it's slimy. And you go, I'd hate to fall into that. And you're traveling 70 miles an hour, 65 miles, 70 miles an hour down the highway. And you still look at that water in the swamp and you go, ew. Anyway, God had raised me out of the slimy pit. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. How many of you can sing the song of the redeemed? How old were you when you were redeemed? Shout it out to me. Y'all don't remember, do you? You didn't recognize it. You sung that song. You've been able to sing the redeemed song. You've sung a trust. Now, this is interesting too. Bill Johnson of Bethel says, there's a praise that you can only give God this side of heaven. And that's to praise him in your pain. That's to praise him when you're going through difficult places. Hmm. So we offer God the song of the redeemed. We offer God a song of trust. Amen. Amen. Psalm verse three says, he put a new song into my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. A song of trust. <laughs> I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. But we want to elevate our praise. Where do we want to elevate our praise to? The third thing that happens when worship occurs that the angels cannot do is we give God access to his kingdom on earth. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Do you know that prayer is an entry point for God? Do you know that tithing is an entry point for God? Do you know that giving is an entry point for God? And praise is an entry point for God. We give him access upon this earth through our worship of him. We declare that. We're elevating our praise to a new level. Why? Because God wants to do something new in the earth. And he is looking for people who are expecting him to do it. He's looking for people who are, who are expecting transformation, who are expecting reformation. And God is releasing new songs of praise in the earth. And he's releasing new songs of praise from this place. God is calling forth people to write new songs, to release new songs, to produce new songs, and to take them around the world. Why? Because God is going to show himself greater than he ever has before. And those who sing God here will see God here. Every believer deserves songs that bring the kingdom of God closer to earth. 
And we're not going to write songs to make you feel better. We're writing songs to wake you up. We're writing songs that move the church forward. Oh, they'll make you feel better because you're going to wake up. You're going to get transformed. You're going to reform what you're doing because your song of whining does not make room for the Holy Spirit. It helps you get up out of the miry clay. And your song of praise and trust helps you go through the day. But when we're talking about a return of the king, we're talking about come and behold him. We're talking about God making all things new. We're talking about the voice of the Lord brings life. Hmm. Bless the name of the Lord. Songs of praise, because praise is a weapon. We're taking our personal praise, we're offering it to God, and we're joining it with our corporate praise where the kingdom of God comes to evade earth. We prophesy through our songwriting. We're going to elevate our victories. How many of you are ready to elevate your victories? I've won a few battles. I'm ready to win some wars. I've won some stub toe battles. Anybody ever did that? You had to get over your stub toe. I'm ready to come over battles against disease and sickness and poverty and lack and doubt. And our children being persuaded of things they should never hear about. Hallelujah. There is an elevation of our praise. Did you get that part? Now we're talking about elevating our victories. Everybody knows the story of David and Goliath. So what did he testify to when Saul said, hey, you don't need to go against him. You're just a boy. What did David say? I've killed a lion and I've killed a bear and certainly God can deliver this Philistine into my hands. It was time for David to elevate his victories. See, when we win our personal battles, we have greater faith for corporate battles. When we're around those who are winning corporate battles, it increases our faith to win corporate battles. Some of you have not reached corporate level because you're still losing your personal battles. And the reason you're fighting is so you can learn how to win. God doesn't take you through battles just to see you get beat up. He's saying, well, if you had raised that sword a little higher and blocked this, let's go back again. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We teach our children how to overcome. We teach them skills and abilities. The reason you have personal battles is to learn how to win. How many are ready to win? We discovered a couple of things, Lisa and I, during our lifetime together. We were talking about this battle, that battle, overcoming this, overcoming that. And we thought, you know, we recognize that some of our battles, they always seem to fall in three categories. Money, health, and relationships. I thought, hmm, who 
is in charge of all those. <laughs> we were. We were in charge of our money. We were in charge of our health. And we were responsible how we responded to relationships. We were fighting battles that were results, not battles. Consequences of poor decisions. <laughs> Until we learned to make better decisions. I thought I was fighting. <laughs> we come against you, devil. You know, charging up credit cards out the yin-yang. We come against you, you foul poverty spirit. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> well, I'm not going to talk to that person anymore. We come against you, relationship-breaking de demon. I'm not going to talk to that person anymore. I don't, I don't even do them. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I choose what goes in my mouth. I choose how to spend my own money. And I choose how to forgive and ask forgiveness. I'm not a victim. I'm stupid. <laughs> All right. Lord help Somebody, we're talking about elevating our victories, right? Elevating our victories. So David killed a lion and David killed a bear. But I want you to get this revelation. The lion is known for its what? Mouth. It's roar, but it's the mouth of a lion. The bear is known for what? It's claws. But a giant is known for its what? Mouth. It's words. David killed a lion and stopped the mouth. But he did it to protect. David killed a bear and he stopped the claw. But he did it to protect. Then David killed the giant to stop the words but he did it to defeat, not protect. Somebody get a revelation. God gives you battles to protect what you have so you can learn how to defeat an enemy. The enemy's greatest weapon is the words of accusation. He came out every single day and challenged the nation. David showed up and said, what in the world is going on here? He elevated his victories. How many of you are ready to elevate your victories tonight? How many of you have some battles you want to win so you can go on to the next level? Thank you, Lord, for transformation. Thank you for this part. So we want to partner with God now. Everybody say this. This is it. My season of reformation. This is it. My season of transformation. Second Corinthians verse 318 says this, but we all with an unveiled face beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the spirit of the Lord. We're transformed into that same image. You know why 
worship has to be elevated because we become like what we worship. The scripture says it right here. We're transformed into that same image. Why? Because God wants us to be like him. And when Adam failed, he was no longer like God. And Satan said, you know what? I can't get to God, but let me attack his image. God said, ain't going to work. He may fall now, but I'm going to raise up another image that's going to bruise your head. I'm going to raise up another image. And remember this, every person born is in the image of God. And victory is your, your portion. We got to get all this. Victory is our portion. The first warfare that ever occurred on earth occurred as a curse against Satan. He came in and defiled and beguiled Adam and Eve. And God came out and said, all right, now we're going to go to war. You're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to bruise your head. Our Satan's lowest, Satan's highest point is our heel. Our lowest point is what? His head. <laughs> so warfare is not a curse upon us. It's the judgment against Satan. Again, raise your level of victory. Raise your level of victory. Why? Because we're going into transformation. We all know the story of Elisha and Elijah, right? See, here's what we have to do. Reformation is tied with transformation. The being and the doing, the doing and the being. Elijah was about to leave Elisha and Elisha wanted his double portion. And what did he say? You ask a hard thing, but nevertheless, if you see me when I go up, what was he looking for? What was Elisha looking for? He desired a double portion to do, right? But he had to see Elisha go up. He had to recognize his moment of transformation. And that's what we're doing. Transformation. Matthew 3.17 is where God said to about Jesus, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. We're talking about image, being, who God called you to be, all right? So, Elisha pursued a double portion, the doing and the being. When we hear the prophetic word in our lives, that's God's voice speaking to the image portion so we can become the doing portion. When God speaks like this, when you hear the prophet speak, when Elisha knew the prophetic anointing, he pursued that anointing in his life. Once you hear the prophetic anointing, you need to team up with it. You need to line up with the voice of the Lord because the voice of the Lord brings what? Life. And so he pursued the voice of the prophet. But guess what? He had to go through a couple of places before he could get there. And the first place he went, he had to go through Bethel. Elisha, Elijah told him, I'm going on to Bethel. You stay here. Elisha said, nope, I'm coming with you. I'm going to get it. Bethel is where we know Jacob was visited by God. And Jacob named the place Bethel, house of God, because God wrestled with him. And do you know God changed his name to Israel? You know, it's pretty interesting you think about this. 
Jacob said, I want to be blessed. He wouldn't let him go. He said, okay, I'll bless you. What did he do? He messed with his hip. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know that was a blessing. <laughs> I'm telling you, when you go through hell, it's transformation. What you think has no purpose or no result will have a transforming power if you let God do it. But he wanted, to, at this point, there was a change in his name. Y'all know what Jacob's name meant, right? Deceiver, supplanter. Transformation is when God blesses you with a new name. It doesn't matter what you did in the past. What matters is that you accept God's blessing on your life now. God can fix your life. God can fix the things that you have done, even if they were on purpose, even if they were mischievous, even if they were devious, <laughs> like Jacob. See, we have to go through this transformation where we let go of the past. We must be transformed through our mind. We must allow God to let the seed grow, and we don't have to know how. We don't have to know how. Amen? So I want you to let go of the past. See, the doing is your reformation. God is reforming what you've done. Many of us have done good things. Many of us have labored and done a lot of service, a lot of you know, servanthood, a lot of planting in people's lives. Even then, God said, I want to reform what you're doing. Because there are new seasons for you. I've got new territory for you. I've got new revelation for you. I don't know why he took his hip out of joint. I haven't studied that deep. I haven't discovered that. But I know that it was this. When Jacob walked, there was evidence of a new name. When he suffered or when he tried to walk, there was physical evidence or there was some type of tangible evidence that reminded him he was changed. He was blessed by God. God blessed him with a new name. The second place that Elisha had to go to was Jericho. Now, normally we relate the walls with Jericho. But do you know that Jericho was also known as the city of Benjamin? Because it was in the tribe and territory of Benjamin. What do we know about Benjamin? We know that Benjamin went through a transformation. When Benjamin was born, his mother died. But before she died, she said, I'm going to call you Benanai, which means son of my sorrow. Wow. But Jacob, the father, intervened and said, no, I'm going to call you Benjamin, son of my right hand. Some people are blaming you for the sorrow in their lives. But the father is reaching down and saying, no, I am aligning you with me. I'm giving you a name to live up to. It doesn't matter how you were born, under what circumstances you were born, or if you ever cause someone sorrow, God is changing your name. He's changing your identity. You're being transformed as the son and identity of who he's called you to be. 
He's looking for his partners. He's looking for his sons. He's looking for his daughters to awaken. And you're going to live as if you never knew that old name. Because Benjamin never did. (laughs) One more thing. When you follow the word of the Lord, when you couple doing and being that double portion and you want transformation and reformation, there comes a time when you have to pick up the mantle that God has called on you. And it's simple. You know, the the mantle fell to the earth when Elisha was elevated. It didn't fall on Elisha. The Bible says he picked it up. Part of your transformation is to quit waiting for the mantle to fall on you. It's pick up the mantle you've been believing for. Pick up the mantle God has promised you. Do you know what a mantle is? Historically and biblically, we understand that principle. But let me give you a a little grab a hold of thing. Your mantle is everything and everyone you've ever served up until now, coupled with what God has called you to do. Every person you served, you received from them. Every place you have worked, you received from. Some of you have a business mantle and you haven't stepped out to pick it up. So God is saying now your season of transformation is you're going to act like you've been transformed. You're going to live like you've been transformed. You're going to go to a new level of doing and being because you have joined the double portion. You have awakened as the son of God and made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. And when he picked up the mantle, he struck the ground. He struck to cross the Jordan. And he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? He placed a demand on that double portion anointing that he had asked for. Some of you have been too shy to place a demand on your mantle. You've been too timid to place a demand on your mantle. You've been too humble. We don't call it humble because Moses was humble, but he didn't shy. It's time to place a demand, become God's partner in reformation through your transformation. Who I am and what I do is unto God. You know, transformation is not always where you go. Or transition is not going somewhere new. Sometimes transition is coming back as a new person. Because Elisha went across one way, but he came back another. And his being led to his doing, and he saved the city from a poisonous well. Some of you have recognized poisoned wells in our community And it's now time for you to bring healing to them. (laughs) 
God has promised every believer reformation and transformation. And part of this, our personal transformation, is that we're gonna see who he is and what he does in a new way. Our transformation will open our eyes and we will see God for who he is. So what do I want you to do tonight? I want you to recognize your season of transformation and reformation. I want you to partner with God and elevate your praise, elevate your victories. And maybe you should write out something. Maybe you should write down this. Hmm? Write your decree of reformation and transformation. Write out your declaration of identity and statement of mission. For this reason, was Gavin made manifest. That he might destroy the works of the devil. For this reason, you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. For this reason, you were made manifest. What? Fill it in. Fill it in. Fill it in. Join your being with your doing. Let the reformation and transformation take place in your life tonight. Let the stalk come above ground. <laughs> Let the stem grow. Let the head come to a full season. Why? Because it's harvest time. And God has done this when you were sleeping and when you're awake. And you don't even know how he's done it, but he's done it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Thank you, Lord. I'm ready for it. Receive it. Would you stand to your feet with me? Lord, we recognize our season of reformation and transformation. We recognize our, seeing of, our season of doing and being. We recognize our season of double portion. We recognize the elevation of our worship and the elevation of our victories. And we stand together tonight by your power, by your way. We align with you because we've been expecting you. Take our hips out of joint if you have to. But show us the evidence of change. We'll never go back to the same. Because my strength is in you, God. <laughs> and you, I trust you. And I sing my song of redemption. And I sing my song of trust. 
And I sing you into this earth. And I praise you to victory. And I win those battles that I can defeat the enemy. I win those battles of protection so I can win the battles of defeat. Destroy the works and destroy the mouth of the enemy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, right now. Father, I just release that spirit of reformation and transformation. You said it's here. We believe it. We receive it. Not by our own works, but by faith in you. You make it grow. You said it's harvest time. And we reach and take a hold of our mantle for this new season, God. We take up our part. We take up our role. It's our right to be transformed. It's our promise to be reformed. We receive the double portion now, Father, in the name of Jesus. And if you receive that now in Jesus' name, just shout, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Prophetic Worship Leader Podcast, where we take the uncertainty out of leading prophetic worship so you can flow with confidence. Remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, and the Charisma Podcast Network, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and support us on Patreon. I'm Dean Mitchum. Thank you for listening today, and we will see you next week.